Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. In today's show, we're taking a kind of a deep dive into audiobook promotions, and we're looking at several low-cost ways of marketing your audiobook uh, that you can start right away for either no cost or for very little money. Our guest is Karen Commons. She's a professional narrator who has given voice to over 50 audiobooks. In addition to earning a BA in broadcast journalism, Karen has completed extensive specialized training in voiceover and audiobook narration technique, as well as digital audio production. She also curates information to help authors create audiobook editions of their titles at audioforauthors.com, and she compiles ideas to help with audiobook marketing, and this is really how we got connected, the way she compiles these ideas at audiomarketingtips.com. Karen is a recognized expert on marketing and promotion for audiobooks, and it's super fun to have her on the show today. If you listen regularly, you know I am a, a total fanboy of audiobook narrators, and I, I love the way that they're able to paint uh, that magical movie in your mind and, and translate the words that authors create into something that can be even more special with a, with a talented narrator. So this was a, a really fun interview for me to do. Uh, Karen is already active in answering questions about audiobook marketing and promotion in the AuthorBiz Facebook group. So if you have any questions after the show, either post them here on the uh, website as a comment or jump into the AuthorBiz group and ask them there. If you're not in the AuthorBiz group, you can find a link at theauthorbiz.com. I put that link in the show notes for every show. Speaking of the Facebook group, when I first started the Facebook group, the idea was to keep it kind of small and really limit it to the people that I knew that listened to the show. And I, I, I had hoped to keep it under 100 people and it, it just, it's grown well beyond that. And I'm, I'm really kind of glad that I didn't keep it to just people that have listened to the show. We've had a lot of new people over the, the course of the last several weeks. And I'm not even sure where they're coming from. But uh, I'm happy to have them. And uh, we're all happy to have them inside the group. I've started asking some of the new people where, they've coming, where they're coming from. And uh, apparently we're getting mentioned on some other podcasts out there. So... Uh, if you know who those are, I, I'd, I'd love I'd love to know who's um, pimping our uh, our Facebook group. Anyway, something kind of funny happened uh, a week or so ago in, inside the group. It was amusing to me. Probably would mean nothing to you, but someone, a, a new person, came in and introduced themselves, and and uh, there was a, a conversation string there. And the new person said, "Who started this group anyway?" Which, uh, which I, I was just tickled by the comment, and it actually took a couple of responses before someone got it right, and they were guessing that it was me that started the group, and then, uh, and then somebody went in and said, well, you know, this was originally started because there was a podcast, and, and oh, there's a podcast? So that, it's kind of fun. So who'd, who'd have thunk it? Now, actually uh, finding new listeners f from the Facebook group instead of, uh, instead of the opposite, which is kind of cool. I also wanted to thank all of you who purchased dictation equipment through my uh, affiliate links over the course of the last couple of weeks. The dictation show was incredibly popular, and I've done affiliate links for a long time, but they're typically for books. So for the like 
$2 or $3. In some cases, they're $10. And, you know, when people are, are nice enough to click those links, I always appreciate it. Uh, but generally, I make like 30 cents or 40 cents or something like that. And some of the dictation equipment, the, the software and things, it's kind of expensive. So um, I really appreciate those of you who took the extra step of going to the AuthorBiz website first and clicking through those links so that I could earn some affiliate money. The month of January is the best month I've ever had in affiliate revenue. We're talking small numbers. It was uh, We're right around $50 now, but it's like double the best month I've ever had. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about growth, not necessarily raw numbers, but growth. So that's, that's really good growth, and I really appreciate it. All right, let's get on to this week's interview, which begins with me asking Karen whether or not there's a quote-unquote typical relationship between an author and a narrator. Because in, in talking to people, in my limited experience, that relationship seems to vary. It does vary, and part of the reason it varies is it depends on whether the author sold their rights to an audio publishing company or they're producing the audiobook independently. So if they sold their rights to an audio publishing company, they might have very little involvement with the actual book. They may or may not be asked their choice of narrators. I, I think most publishing companies do try to get author input as far as the narrator goes, but it would be of a small group of people, maybe three to five people, as opposed to if the author is self-publishing, self-producing, I should say, the audiobook, mm -hmm. then the author can be listening to 50 or 100 narrators until they find the one that they feel best exemplifies their text. So even from the start of it, it kind of depends on how the author is approaching audiobook production. So I think maybe a lot of your listeners are in the independent camp. Is that right? Yes, the, the overwhelming majority. So much of what I'll say then will be directed toward them, and, and, and much of my experience is more with independent authors too, so it, it's good we're having this chat. A lot of authors are going through ACX, which is Audible's Audiobook Creation Exchange, and it's a free service both for the authors and the narrators, and the narrators post profiles and samples, and the authors post their titles, and the narrators can audition for it. And authors are able to listen to the auditions that come in. They can also go listen to just any narrator sample on the site and invite people to audition for their title. So right at the front, the author is having much more input into the audiobook production. And the best relationships are, I think, when the author realizes that the narrator has a different set of skills than the <laughs> author. I mean, once you find that professional to narrate your book, you have to have trust that they're going to read your book and understand it. And it's their interpretation of your words. So some characters may not sound the way you heard them in your head. A lot of the book may not sound the way you heard it in your head because, as I said, it is a performance art and it's based on the narrator's interpretation. But the narrator's goal is always to make the author's words the star. We want to fade into the background. We don't want listeners thinking, oh, they said that weird or, oh, I wouldn't do that. That's not what we want. We want them immersed in the story. 
And so as the author, once you've made that casting decision as to who is going to narrate your book, the best relationship at that point is let the narrator just do her, well, of course, I'm going to say her job mm-hmm. <laughs> and and finish production of it. Uh, some authors have felt they wanted to direct the process and they're they're giving line readings and saying, oh, you need to pause more here or give more element of surprise there. And and that's really not a good role for them to take on for because I guess you've you've probably heard the analogy of writers on a film set aren't necessarily the most popular people because you know the director and the actors have a different maybe a different vision mm-hmm. of how that work is going to play out in the film and it's the same in audiobook you want to be true to the author's word you want to fulfill their vision but because you are a different person you bring your experiences to it it the collaboration and the synergy there is the outcome is different I mean, that's the best way to put it. Okay. And so beyond that, you know, once the audiobook is done, uh, you may not have much dealing with the narrator. You may deal with them a lot. You may have the same narrator read all of your books. You may, uh, some people become very good friends afterward. But I think in a lot of cases, it's the narrator does their job. They're a hired contractor for this job. And then you both kind of go your separate ways, except in the case of promotion, which is, I guess, what we're going to be talking about the rest of our time together. Yes, I do have one more question on this before we get to sure. uh, marketing and promotion. And that is, is there, when, when you're working with a new client, is there a list of information that you want to get from them regarding dialect or, or, or things like that? Is there like a standard amount of information that you want to get before you can really get started on a project? Anything that an author wants to give me, I am more than happy to get. If they have a character breakdown, if they have a list of accents and dialects, if they, especially in sci-fi books, which I it's not my genre, but it's hugely popular, and those are made-up worlds. So if you made up the world and you made up the word, then you know how to pronounce it. That's so got to be of- <laughs> really a challenge. <laughs> I can't even read the words when I'm reading those books. I can't imagine. I, I think I would listen to the audio book just to find out how to pronounce them. Exactly. But it's even pronunciations of, of foreign places. So anything like that that the author has that they want to give the narrator just makes the product that much better. But the thing is the narrator is going to read every word of that book, or they should read every word of that book before they ever step into the recording booth. Because we need to know what's the story arc, or you know, if it's nonfiction, what are the main points that are being addressed. And we need to do our research in terms of pronunciation and make sure that when we're in the recording booth, booth we are fully into this book and can totally fulfill that vision. So in most cases, authors don't give me anything. And it all comes from my pre-reading and preparation, because as I'm going through the book, I'm making copious notes on every character, every time the character says something about themselves, every time somebody says something about them. You know, in even third-person narration, where it's the omniscient narrator knowing everything there's still subtext there that's giving you clues to the characterization, clues to the scene. 
And I'm making notes on all of that so that when I'm in the booth, I'm ready to tell the story the way the author wants it told. Okay, so this this is great. You you've really helped to outline the breakdown of of responsibility between the the performer, or and and the author. So let's let's use that same breakdown now to think about um, promoting the audiobook. And let's look at it first from the author's perspective, because I I think marketing audiobooks for authors is sort of a black hole. When I talk to people about it, they just like, they don't really have a clue. They know how to market their own books. I mean, they know how to market digital books and print books. And, you know, you can, you can go and sell them at shows and they know what to do. But when it comes to audiobooks, it's, it's a different thing. What can we as authors do to, to help to market our audiobooks? And, let me just say, in some ways, it's different, and in some ways, it's the exact same thing. I mean, really, if you're just promoting your books, if you're letting everybody know, I have this new release, and getting eyeballs to Amazon, even if people hate Amazon, we have to admit, mm-hmm. it's huge monkey in the jungle. So, you know, you, you if you're getting eyeballs to that page, audiobook listeners will see there's an audiobook edition available. I do think that's a very passive approach and there's a ways, many ways, and that's a lot of what we'll talk about, of ways to maximize that visibility of that audiobook. Okay. Because the the thing is, I'm audiobooks are my life. I've been involved in audiobooks for probably twenty years in one form or another, but it's not everybody's life. And it's only recently that it's become mainstream entertainment. It's because of the smartphones and the tablets and computers, but mainly the smartphones, everybody now has a device they can play an audiobook on. And so something that used to be only for the blind when it first started, and then only for the most devoted listener, because they were so expensive and you had to have a special player, now has become accessible to everybody. But only 50, I think I saw a study that only 55 million Americans listened to a book last year. So you can see there's a lot of people who've never even listened to one. And we're still, even though we're mainstream entertainment now, there's so many people who've never listened to it. You're still having to kind of urge people along, give them a carrot to even think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's some of kind of what we'll talk about. Okay. So how do we do that? How do we urge them along? <laughs> well, first let me say that – and I'm glad you're asking from the standpoint of the author because authors have so much more power in this than narrators do. I, a friend of mine, Derek McLean, did a – he wrote a blog post last year that analyzed this of the fans that an author has versus the fans that a narrator has. And he he used numbers from Facebook to come up with this analysis. And and this was from last year. But so Scott Brick, who is one of the superstar narrators. He's ever, amazing. He's he amazing. is amazing. He is. And he has uh, been at it a long time. He's at the pinnacle of his career. And he is absolutely fantastic. If you're in audiobooks, everybody knows who Scott Brick is. But if you don't listen to audiobooks, you don't know him. But if you're a reader, you know who David Baldacci is. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. But if we looked at his, David Baldacci's Facebook page, 
according to Derek's analysis, he had 213,738 likes. And Scott Brick had 1,574. Are you kidding me? N- no. And so, and this was last year. I mean, obviously the numbers have changed, but I, I use this example to show the extreme disparity between the number of fans that an author has versus the number of fans that even the most popular narrator might have. Yeah, you're, I mean, because Scott Brick is sort of the David Baldacci of, of narrating. He is, he is at the top of the field. He is. And, you know, he's narrating books for all the superstar authors. And, and he's a superstar himself. And, and I bring that up to show that authors are the ones that people follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, as a narrator, we, have, we all have fans and we appreciate and are so grateful for our fans, people who will pick the book because we read it. But there are far more people who will pick the book because the author wrote it. That's why I'm really glad to be talking with you because there are a lot of things that authors can do to promote the sale of their audiobooks. In fact, there's so many, it's hard for me to even pick one to start with. Um, Maybe I'll pick WhisperSync, because I know that's something that everybody seems to talk about, but maybe don't realize what a boon it is for them. Let's define WhisperSync first for people who, and I assume that almost everyone's going to know, but there might be a couple people out there who don't know. And and that's where, uh, as a reader or listener, you can can acquire both the digital book, uh, an e-book, and the audio version. And I can be reading in bed at night and then the next morning get in my car to go to work and begin listening right where I left off last night. So that's that's whispersync. That's, that's that's true. And you can even do immersive reading where you're listening and reading at the same time, which is wonderful for literacy. And it it's from a consumer standpoint, oh my gosh, I love whispersync for the very reason that you just said because I can get through a book faster. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. But but the reason it's such a boon to audiobook promotion is because you're you're buying them at a discounted price. If you bought the ebook, then if it's got WhisperSync, and this is an Amazon proprietary technology, so it's the Kindle ebook and the Audible audiobook, just to be clear, because there are obviously other versions of ebook formats. But if you if you buy the Kindle ebook, Amazon will offer you a very special price on that audiobook. And this is encouraging people to, who, as I mentioned before, there's so many people who've never even tried an audiobook, that very low whisper sync price encourages people, well, you know, for a few dollars, I might give this a try because I might like it. And if I don't, then I'm not out that much. I think people maybe have that kind of mentality. And then I see so many comments and blogs and things of people like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I was missing out on. I should -hmm. should have been listening to audiobooks all this time. So getting your book into WhisperSync to start with is is a good thing. And you want to be sure that all your editions on Amazon are on the same page. Because if you published a Kindle book and maybe you put out a paperback, those are two editions. Well, the audio edition is a third edition. And sometimes it doesn't match up. So you need to watch and be sure that your Amazon page has all of your editions located together. Because if your audiobook is orphaned somewhere off on its own page, that whisper sync connection in the 
buyer's mind won't be made necessarily. Is there anything that we as authors need to do to make sure that WhisperSync is available? Is it is it an option when you're publishing your audiobook? It it is. I mean, and and if we're going through ACX, which we alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, ACX is owned by Audible, and they're trying to get everything in WhisperSync. Obviously, David Baldacci's book would have priority over mine, but, <laughs> uh, you know, they are trying to, to get them all. But if, if your book doesn't have it, you can always ask Amazon to add it. And I think you would just write to uh, KDP Support and ask for that option to be added. And I know I've, I've written to ACX Support. Because I've published a few audiobooks of my own the, as as the publisher, mm-hmm. and I've asked them to add it. And it took a while, and on one of them they did, and on the other one I'm still waiting, so I may need to ask again. And I bring this up as a, as a good thing to start with because then you can kind of build on this. And, and this is a really great thing. If you can get your book in BookBub as a featured deal, and I think – most authors are familiar with the miracle of book. Bob. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the hidden miracle of this. If you can get your book featured, so you've put your Kindle book, say it's free for three days. People are going to buy that WhisperSync audiobook, and they will buy it in such volume that it may even pay for the cost of your BookBub ad. I mean, it, it's... It's amazing how much that will sell audiobooks. Yeah, I have to say that every single time I've uh, I've picked up a free a free book from BookBub and there's an audiobook attached, I always buy it. Always. We like we like consumers like you. Yeah, and, and it's just for that. Oh, I'm going to be I'm going to be mostly reading this book, but there's going to be that half hour I'm in the car. And I, I want to do it. And the price is so low that you're willing to pay that price for that half hour in the car. Exactly. But devoted audio listeners are looking for those deals. Mm-hmm. They're not wanting the ebook necessarily. They're not wanting the experience of actually reading it. They're wanting the audiobook and they're wanting it at that low price. So they're looking at BookBub for you know the free or the dollar Kindle book so that – they're getting the whole thing for, you know, maybe five or six bucks tops in, in many cases. So they're, I mean, they're, they're on Facebook, they're on Goodreads, they're all talking about where are the WhisperSync deals? <laughs> because that's how they want to get it. But the, like I say, it's a boon to the author who has that because you're still getting the royalties on the Kindle book once the price goes up and people will st- you know, it will have higher visibility. And so people will start buying it even after the, the book ad has ended. So they're still getting royalties from the Kindle book, and then they're getting the royalties from the audiobook. And if they did a royalty share agreement with the narrator, that narrator's getting those royalties too. Mm-hmm. So everybody wins. And it's, uh, if, if your book is in BookBub, it's Oh Happy Day. And and if you're lucky enough, and, and I wish I knew the answer to how to make this happen, of Audible making you a daily deal. I mean, there are people who've paid their mortgage because Audible made them a daily deal. So wow, <laughs> you, you just never know. But mm-hmm. you know, 
like I said, if I if I knew how to make that happen, I would make it happen for myself. But it's the the best kind of thing is when Audible puts their audiobooks on sale. Now, one of the, one of the things that we're all used to doing as authors is is promoting our books on social media, and one of the things that I've always seen as a problem with audiobooks is there's not really a great way to share them on social media. Um, you know, there's not like I've seen like SoundCloud clips that you can play, and that's something that can be played within uh, a social media post, but it's it's not the same as just publishing, you know, here's the cover and click here to to buy the book as Amazon at at Amazon. But you and I were talking before we came on the air and there's something that started within the last 6 months, um a, an, an Amazon uh, an Audible clip service that you were talking about that that makes those that makes it much easier to share Audible books or audiobooks on social media. Right. I I love this Audible clip service and I and I've been on SoundCloud as you mentioned it was a great way to share clips. But Audible clips allow anyone who has that audiobook to be listening to it to actually make a clip. And it, it will show you a little, a little tiny pseudo editor. I mean, you're not seeing the actual sound file, but you just kind of see track marks of where the audio is. So you can adjust it to get your start and stop points so that you can share some little sound bite from the book. And so like this morning, I found one from a recent book that I did fooling around with Cinderella by Stacy Juba. And I picked out a little part in chapter three, where the heroine learns about the Cinderella curse. And I love this over SoundCloud because the clip is stored on audible site. And then you have a link to it that you can share anytime. But when somebody goes to that link, they'll see the cover of the book, they'll be able to hear the clip that you're playing, and there's a Get This Book Now link, Mm -hmm. and they can buy it right then. SoundCloud, I don't really feel, I I have no numbers to back this up, but I don't really feel that I'm getting conversion of sales to it. Uh, And I really, there are people who have a lot of followers on SoundCloud, Maybe bigger publishers, certainly an audiophile magazine, which is the Bible of audiophile, I mean, uh, audiobook re- reviews. Mm-hmm. But they have big presence on SoundCloud. But I think the average narrator, we're there. But I don't think we're necessarily, and, and I would say this would probably be true for most authors, that we wouldn't necessarily be able to convert those sales. But with this, it makes it much more interesting. So when I shared it on Twitter, then it put up the cover of the book and it says, here's a clip your friend shared with you. And I'm going to try and share, I'm going to try and include this in the um, in the show notes. So just Great. check at the website. Uh, if if I am unable to do that, I will at least have a link that you can click on and go see it because it really is it's really cool. And then it just makes it so easy for people who are interested in learning more about the audio book to just click through and and buy it. It 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 does. It, and even making the clip for your own reference. Sometimes I'm listening to a book and I think that is such a great quote. And what I previously had to do would be to use the Amazon Look Inside and see if I could actually find that part in the book so that I could copy the quote down. Well, now with Audible Clips, 
I can just make my own clip and then I've got it. <laughs> and it's, you know, from my own benefit and then to be able to share it, it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Audible will also allow you while I'm on their inventions, they will also allow you if you have that book in your library to actually send the entire book to somebody for free. And as long as the person hasn't received a book that way previously, they'll get that. So, I mean, it's, I I hate to say it's like a drug dealer handing out free samples. (laughs) Audible, please don't be listening and don't take offense if you are, but it's, and and that's a, that's a terrible analogy, but it's, it's really trying to entice people over to this format because we are still having to have reasons to get people to audio. We're still trying to get people to try it. You'll like it. And sin book is one of those ways that try it. You're, you're not out anything. You didn't, you didn't even pay the whisper sync price. It's a free book. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of people, as I said earlier, once they try, it's like, I have been missing out and, and they are then fans of the medium from that point forward. Okay. Um, on back, Back to um, social media. We all think in terms of social media promotion, we always think about Twitter and Facebook and and maybe some people think about Instagram. Um, But one of the things that you've written about is Goodreads. And we all know what Goodreads is, and we all know how to connect with readers on Goodreads. But um, you're you're telling us in in what you've written that it's also a, a great place to connect with audiobook listeners and to let readers know that the audiobook is available. Absolutely. Goodreads has some very active audiobook groups in it. And that's all the people do is talk about audiobooks and recommendations. And it's a great place to share new releases of work, share giveaways of work. But one thing is critical to do on Goodreads, and even if you don't participate on the platform, and that's physically add your book as an addition on your audiobook as an addition on Goodreads. Because it's not automatic. So the audio listeners who are on Goodreads, if they see your book, they'll look to see, does it have an audio edition? And if they don't see it there, they're not necessarily going to go to Amazon or some or Audible and find out, is there one available? So the whole thing is just to make it as easy as possible to let the true audio listeners know, yes, I have an audio edition of this book. And by the way, can I just say that there's still, I think, a prestige to an author having an audiobook, because previously it was just limited to the top tier authors, the highest profile titles. And I still think there's 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 still that prestige going on because there the number of audiobooks is so much smaller than the number of Kindle books. I made a video, well, it's been, gosh, it's a couple of years now, but at the time, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the Kindle number in the romance category was something like uh, 350,000, let's say. And the same category on Audible at the same time was a tenth of that. It was maybe 30,000. So there are so many more books in print than in audio. I think it's it might be easier to be discovered in audio. And I, as I said, I still think there's a bit of a prestige factor of being there. But getting back to Goodreads, you want to, there's, a, there's an option to 
add another add another edition, and you would just enter that it's an audible audiobook. And you anybody can do this. It doesn't require you to be a Goodreads librarian or anything. You you if you have an author page on Goodreads, which I encourage every author to do, add the audio edition of your book to the book's profile. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I have looked at I'm I'm not a big Goodreads user, but I go there from time to time, and I almost never see audiobooks on there. And I I know that the authors I'm looking at have audiobooks, so you're right. It's just it's it's like free money laying on the ground that all you have to do is bend over and pick it up. Yeah, it's it, and and I I think because Amazon bought Goodreads and they've put audio clips in Goodreads. Well, Amazon didn't. I think Audible actually. Uh, I don't want to misspeak. I think Audible was actually the one who was able to incorporate the audio clips for the audiobooks in Goodreads. But there's nothing automatic between there to have new audio releases showing up as an audio edition on Goodreads. So I think it's really important, even if you don't use Goodreads for anything else, and, and I've gotten where I've just gotten so busy, I haven't been on Goodreads much at all for anything but that's something that I think is still important is to get – and I, I'm, I've been adding them. See, I, I'm a narrator. I've been adding audio editions of the books of, that I've narrated because the author hasn't done it mm-hmm. in, in many cases. If the author's done it, that's, that's – we're both happy. But you know, I, I'm looking out not only for me but for the author that I want us both to benefit from having that audio edition available. And I – I don't mean that as any kind of judgment, not that they haven't done it. I think people just don't realize it's something that needs to happen. They think it's automatic, that it just would automatically right. show up, and that's not the case. And I'm, and I'm glad we could have time to bring that point up. Is there anything else, before we, we, we transition over to narrators, any, anything else that, that authors should just be doing as a matter of course um, to help to promote the, the sales of their audiobooks? I think any chance that an author has to say, I have an audio edition available, they should do it. So if you have an email list, email your list, oh, I've got a new audio edition. If you write a blog, got a new audio edition, or have an interview with your narrator. Narrators love to be interviewed, as you may, <laughs> as you may have noticed. Um, we love to come out of our booth and actually talk to real people. <laughs> and so uh, any kind of collaboration like that is is always good. But there's so many ways that you can say you have an audio edition. I mean, if you're at a book festival or a convention and maybe you've printed up some cards or something to give out, you can put a QR code on there to link to an audio clip. So even your paper product is now linked online to your audio or just wording, putting the wording on there available in Kindle paperback and audiobook. And it, it's amazing how clever we all are as authors in coming up with new ways of mentioning, hey, I have a book for sale without right. saying, hey, I have a book for sale. And a lot of those same things can be done with, with audiobooks, and there are equally clever ways of doing it that aren't the same. So there's not that sense of beating the reader over the head constantly with things. There are just really clever things that you can do that are specific to audio. Exactly. 
And and I think that's the thing is just to take a few minutes and sit and think about what is some way that I could bring this audiobook out. I mean, one thing I like to do, I have a promotions calendar and I there's a book called Chase's Calendar of Events. And you, so you see all these weird holidays like, you know, National Pretzel Day or something. Well, like one book is uh there there's one month is National Candy Month. And one of my books, the uh, the heroine just loves, loves, loves chocolate. So, and I forget when it is because I'm not looking at my promotion calendar, but I, I know that when National Candy Month rolls around, I can give away copies of that book because it's National Candy Month and this heroine loves candy. So, you know, looking for any kind of tie-in between the content of your book and something that's happening in the real world um the uh one of my characters worked for the federal government and i i know one of the examples that i used in a in an article about audiobook marketing on the acx blog was several years ago the congress was threatening a shutdown and i shouldn't bring up politics but <laughs> th- this character worked for the federal government mm-hmm. and so and it was a you know it was a murder mystery and and i said carolina slade isn't worried about hashtag shutdown, you know, if you can latch on to somebody else's hashtag mm-hmm. and promote your book, you know, more power to you. So Carolina Slade isn't worried about the hashtag shutdown. She's worried for her life, you know, and then I have a link to the audiobook. So it's, as you say, you don't want to beat people about the head, audiobook, book, audiobook, book, book, audiobook. If you can be clever and and tie it into something else happening in life and tie it into some fun event. The whole point is gaining visibility so that people know it's available and will check it out and hopefully buy it. Now, there was uh, there was something that I read about. It may have been in one of your ACX posts, which is I, – I, I think – no, I actually discovered you by talking to another narrator asking you know, who knows a lot about promoting audiobooks, and, and she sent me directly to you. Uh, but one <laughs> I of the, appreciate that. One of the things I read um, was, was an example that you had done with another narrator. It's like you'd seen a blog post somewhere where an author had – um, written a conversation between her character and another author's character. Right. And, and you took it upon yourself to use that as, as a way of promoting things. It, it, we had such fun with that. Uh, that was Barbara Silkstone had a blog where she imagined what her character would do, and her character was interviewing people. Well, her character, Wendy Darling, interviewed – Sasha McCandless, who is a character in Melissa Miller's best-selling series, the the Sasha McCandless sus- legal suspense theory uh, series, mm-hmm. and uh, which I'm so privileged to to have narrated. But when I saw that post, I thought, oh, wouldn't that be fun if that narrator Nicole Colburn and I actually read Barbara's post. Well, Barbara was thrilled to have us do it. Melissa was thrilled to have us do it. And because obviously we need permission, we couldn't just do it on our own. We need the author's permission because it's their copyright. So, but in this case, everybody was, yes, please. What a great idea. And we had such fun with that. And we, we made it, uh, it was like a, it was called advice from the love shorn. And, And Barbara's got such a 
great sense of humor. <laughs> and so we made it like the dating game. And uh, my husband played Kraft Masterson, you know, the real sleazy game show host. And, uh, <laughs> and like, it was just such fun to put that together. And so then both authors and both narrators were promoting that and, and it helped with sales of series of both books because it was just fun and something different to do. And so as authors, I mean, this is something that you saw and you thought of as a narrator, but as authors, we write these blog posts or, yes. or, or we, you know, we're, we're talking to other authors and there are things that you can do. If you're producing audiobooks. there are things that you can do uh, to bring the narrator in and, and deepen the relationship and, and help to sell more audiobooks. You're absolutely right about that, Steve. And I see so many authors joining forces to create box sets, both of Kindle books, well, box sets of Kindle books, and then they're creating box sets of their own book series. Mm -hmm. But the, the box sets of the Kindle books is one of those ideas that I think touches on what you're talking about there, where they are being creative and saying, well, we're going to have all these, I think there was one I saw one day that was like an April Fool's thing where there was all the plots had something to do with April Fool's Day. And so they, you know, six or eight authors made this box set of these various books. And I think there's that kind of collaboration would be available for the narration too. I mean, if, if the authors will write us something to say, <laughs> we, we will say it. Um, you know, you, you may have to work out paying people. I mean, some people will do a lot more promotion at no cost than others. And, you know, it does get into how much time does it actually going to take? I mean, there's, there's a lot of considerations there, but uh, it may not cost anything. I mean, so like the thing that I talked about that you, that you asked about the joint thing mm -hmm. with uh, Nicole and Barbara and Melissa was, that was something we all just decided to do. It, it was fun. It didn't take a lot of time. And we had, I had time, Nicole had time. So we put it together. And, and sometimes something like that will work out. It, it may not always, but I, my favorite line from Gone with the Wind is asking ain't getting. And I always say, <laughs> asking ain't getting, but if you don't ask, you sure won't get. So, you know, ask and, you know, I, video trailers are becoming a bigger thing. I, I don't like seeing a video where there's nothing visually to see where they've just put the audio from the audiobook and they're showing the audiobook cover. To me, that's a waste of the medium. If you're going to do a video, have some images with it that actually go along with the story in the book. And it's not that expensive to create a video. I mean, there's so many graphic stock and graphic, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, stock photo places. There's a footage firm has a place called video blocks where you can have a subscription and get video. So there's so many ways to put together a really good looking video. That's not costing an arm and leg to do. Now I realize some of this is, like, but I just want to write. I don't want to have to do all this stuff. I don't. I don't have time to do all this stuff. And and I, I I also realize that authors are being told every day, oh, you need to do this on Facebook, or you need to be on Instagram, and you need to learn how to do this, and you need. They're just one end and the other, and it's like, 
oh, um, now you're wanting me to produce an audiobook. Oh, and now you're wanting me to market it. It's <laughs> where does it end? And when do I actually get to write again? And, and that, you know, that goes back to the idea that you that you mentioned earlier, the idea that there is prestige to having an audiobook because it does take time. It takes time. It takes effort. Uh, in some in some cases, it takes money. If you're paying per finished hour, you've got to design a cover for the audiobook. There, there are resources that go into making the audiobook. So it shows a certain level of seriousness. Exactly. And I. I just want to make a tangent on a point you just made. You said it costs money if you're paying per finished hour. I'd like to say it costs more money up front yes. if you're paying per finished hour because there is a misconception among some authors that royalty share equals free. Royalty share does not equal free. It means it's a deferred payment on the narrator's fee and the cost of production. It is not free. Because for every hour of audio that you hear, it may take about six hours in real life to do that. It, and that's once the narrator starts recording. The preparation time that I talked about before in terms of reading the book mm -hmm. and understanding it and looking up all the pronunciations, which in some of them, this is a very extensive task, is, is the research. That's even before we get into the booth. But to record it, edit, master it so that it sounds like a finished product that came out of a New York studio, it's going to take about six hours on, on average in the industry. So a 10-hour book might be 60 hours in real time to create. So for a narrator to do a royalty share book, we have to have some kind of good sense that we are going to get our fee and recoup the cost of our production because like I pay an editor who edits and proofs mm -hmm. everything for me. And that's a real cost to me up front. I'm not allowed to pay him when I get paid out of royalties. I have to pay him now. So I just wanted to, you, you said it's free if you're paying, I mean, it's cost more money if you're paying for production, but it, it's a deferred payment on a royalty share. And if your title like if if a new author is doesn't have many reviews, doesn't have a very strong sales with the book, you might want to wait. I mean, don't rush into audiobooks too soon. Be sure that your book is ready for audio, that your your writing is ready for audio. Because as I mentioned, that there are so many people who are new to the format. If they hear a book that doesn't jive. It, it, it's poorly edited from an English standpoint and maybe even poorly edited from a production, audiobook production standpoint, because we do use that term in both places. You know, if they're hearing grammatical errors, if they're hearing a plot that doesn't hold together or flat writing, they'll think, well, this, that's the problem with audiobook and I'll never buy another one. So I want to encourage authors to be sure their work is as good as it can be before they go to audiobook. And if they're wanting to do a royalty share contract, that they have reasonable expectation that that book's going to sell because the narrator needs that reasonable expectation that we're going to earn our fee and recoup our cost of production. So thank you for letting me go on that little tangent. No, I, I appreciate you clearing that up. And I mean, there's also something to be said for uh, – there is a certain amount of I, 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 
risk sharing is the wrong word. Maybe reward sharing is a better word because sometimes uh, there are books that do reasonably well as written books and they blow up as as audiobooks. And when that happens, if you do a revenue share, you're sharing you're sharing that revenue justifiably so with with the narrator as opposed to paying a per finished hour rate up front where the the narrator gets her money and you know you, you go on about your business. But these relationships, these partnerships that that we're sort of talking about here um do help to encourage, I think, the narrators to want to promote. And so we've talked about some things that that narrators can do to promote. Um, what are what are some other some some other things, Karen? Well, and let me just say that it, it may cause us to want to promote, mm-hmm. but we may not have the time to promote because when I have finished this book, I'm on to the next book, and. You know, it's not uncommon for narrators to have narrated hundreds of titles where that's not necessarily the common experience for most authors. Their their portfolio is usually smaller than that. So we may want to promote, but mm-hmm. we literally may not have the time to promote. But and not everyone will. I mean, I always say the best marketing you can do is always your next book because then you always have something new to talk about. And as as I'm promoting a new release, then somebody may find me or say, oh, well, oh, she did this author too, and let me get that. So that's a form of promotion in itself. And I think most narrators will do that. We will promote our new releases. Some of us like me do have a promotion calendar where we're looking for opportunities to mention this book is tied in with that or but I, I think that's more of a rarity than okay. a standard. Well, I love what you said there, uh, that that narrators are do the same thing because there's so many authors that I talk to in terms of marketing. I say, you know, what do you, what do, you do to market your book? And, and the best answer that I've ever heard is I'm going to – I'm writing the next book and I'm going to make it better than the one I did before. And it sounds like you're saying the same thing. <laughs> I am. And if it's a series – I hope I'm narrating it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because that's uh, that is really wonderful. P- you know, people are watching Netflix. We're binge watching Netflix. And I think the demand and, and you, I'm sure can speak to this. The demand to authors is going in the same direction where people are wanting that instant gratification. They're wanting that next book. Mm-hmm. They're really loving the author's work and they're eager to get that next book. So. The best thing you can do, both of us, is keep producing more quality work. But that said, I still love marketing, and, and I mm-hmm. still want to encourage people to do as much marketing and promotion as possible. Um, one thing that, uh, since most people, when we were talking about ACX, mm-hmm. does is ACX will give 25 audible download codes once the book is complete. And who gets those codes? Well, it depends. So if the author paid for production up front, only the author is getting the codes. Okay. But if they did a royalty share agreement, then both the author and the narrator are getting those codes. And so they are maybe dealing with different fan bases in terms of giving them away. 
but and there's several sites. There's you know more things coming all the time. I saw a new site the other day, although the name of it doesn't come to mind, where they're doing blog tours and audiobook tour kind of things. Oh. But uh, there's several newsletter kind of sites. But the best one that I have found by far is Audiobook Boom, mm-hmm. and it was it's the brainchild of my friend and his fellow narrator, extremely talented guy Jeffrey Kafer. And Jeff realized that we're all getting these codes, but we don't have a good way to get them out to the people. And so, because we want reviews on audiobooks the same as you want reviews on your other editions, because people look at reviews to help them make their buying decisions. And so Jeff created Audiobook Boom, where people can sign up, you, you get a newsletter every week that shows books that are listed, and it's it's a very reasonable price to list your book. What what's a very reasonable price? Ten bucks. Oh my gosh! Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's ten bucks. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and it you can and you can decide how many you want to give away. I mean, you don't have to give away all twenty five in one mm-hmm. go because those codes are valid for a while. So you might decide, well, I'm just going to give five, or I'm going to give ten right now. And I'll save some so that you have some later to promote at other points in the year. And for, so for $10, you will get emails of people and their review links. So you see where they review on Audible or whether they review on Goodreads. And you can decide, is this a good person to get my book? And most people who who do it, I mean, there yes, there are some people. There's always going to be people in every crowd who don't necessarily review you know, or and for many reasons. Yeah, we're, and, and we're used to those I people. To, yeah, I don't, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to pass judgment, but for whatever reason, you can't say you're always going to get a review. Mm-hmm. But if you're wanting reviews, and especially for new releases and to gain visibility, it's an excellent way to give a, a shot in the arm to a new release because if you put it in audiobook boom, then you'll get the email addresses of people who are requesting that book potentially and hopefully for review and then you know 70 or 80 percent of them probably will leave you a review at the end and so it's a really wonderful system for us to connect with listeners and and to get more reviews for the book started because as you know it's a building process and one Mm -hmm. review builds on another yes and um i i i did sign up for audiobook boom at one time and it, it's really it's super easy to use. I just my listening time is so limited now that I'm I'm mostly limiting to the things that I really want to listen to. But it, it it really is a nice slick system. It is, and and Jeff keeps improving it. And I I don't know when the guy sleeps because he's <laughs> an extremely popular narrator and he is running this and uh, he's he's constantly trying to improve it for everybody for both the person posting the book and for the people who are requesting it. And so it's a, it's a really nice service that ties those together in ways that I, I haven't seen so much for others. And it's um, like you said, it's so easy to use. And it's, it's a pleasure to be able to recommend it to people. Now, Karen, I know that you, you post a lot online. You're a part of uh, different Facebook groups where you talk about this. Where can listeners go uh, to, to learn more information about audiobook promotion and marketing? I'm so glad you asked. 
audiobookmarketingtips.com. <laughs> <laughs> what a great URL. <laughs> um, I, it's not only things I've posted, it's things, some of the things that we've talked about here and, and many things that we haven't. And it's really a plethora of ideas of, I, I, I call it my audiobook marketing cheat sheet mm-hmm. because there are so many ideas there. I mean, one thing I – an idea that came out of a Twitter chat, and I've got the Storify of the whole Twitter chat. And there's great ideas in it. But, for example, one idea is to put the, the URL to your audiobook in the front matter of your Kindle book. So as people are doing the look inside on Amazon, oh, yeah. first thing they see is audiobook. I mean, they may not even see the edition they're listed, but you say, oh, check out my audiobook. And and put the URL there. And since authors can update their Kindle book at any time, and you could do it obviously with any ebook that you are you're doing. I, I speak to Kindle because of the whole WhisperSync thing. I'm you know kind of in that mindset. But any ebook that you are putting out, you could put the URL to your audiobook, and that's a simple, easy, no cost thing to do. But it raises your visibility in being an audio. And there's just so many great ideas like that that, um, we, I mean, we could probably spend about five hours and, and <laughs> we wouldn't scratch the surface. So it's audiobookmarketingtips.com. We will have that in the show notes. For people who have been listening to us and like the sound of your voice and think, wow, I wonder what kind of things Karen narrates. What do you narrate? Mostly cozy mysteries and sweet romances, stories set in the South or with Southern characters, things with humor. Those are the things that I probably love the best. But I also love history and biography, self-development, and have been hired to do all of those kinds of genres. I mean, sci-fi is not my thing, uh, but there are many people who are. Who who do that? So that that's the thing. There's so many narrators and so many genres that there's really a, the right voice for every book. And if people want to connect with you specifically about narration, uh, how how should they go about that? Uh, send me an email, Karen at KarenCummins dot com. C O M M I N S. I always say you can't spell communications without Cummins. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a marketing expert. Karen, this has, been, uh, this has been a lot of fun and a great education. I can't thank you enough for coming on today. Well, I appreciate so much your inviting me. And if I could just add one more link for you. Okay. Authors who are considering getting into audiobooks who want to explore the topic further, I've got another list of links with great articles that kind of take you through the process Uh, just thinking about audiobooks, how even writing for audiobooks will make you a better writer. And if you want to explore those links and think more about the the format and joining the audiobook revolution, that's go to audioforauthors.com and you'll find all of those resources available. And I've got a video called Setting Sail into Audiobooks that's on my site and it's on YouTube where I kind of talk about the whole thing and I, I go through how it is to work on ACX and, and we talk more about ACB, ACX specific, but it's also an education into 
getting started with audiobooks that that I hope is helpful to people. All right. But I just I just appreciate so much you inviting me on, and I I hope that this helped your listeners, and I look forward to helping anybody answering answering any questions. Well, again, thank you so much. We've been chatting with Karen Commons. Remember, you can find show notes and links to everything we mentioned today, including links to all the websites that Karen mentioned at theauthorbiz.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next Monday.